Ali, what is your favorite Ben and Jerry's ice cream as a, as a lifelong lover of ice cream? So first of all, I eat ice cream every day, just information. <laughs> I love ice cream. And uh, when we come out with uh, new flavors, so at least the first few weeks, this is my favorite. That's a very, uh, that's a good PC answer. <laughs> <laughs> the phrase goes, ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. But today it might be better stated as we all scream about ice cream. Who doesn't love ice cream? It's so versatile, you mix various ingredients and come up with all kinds of tantalizing flavors. But what we don't usually expect to see is a blend of ice cream and politics. It may be true that in 1790, Dolly Madison, one of the early American ice cream fans, served strawberry ice cream at President Madison's inaugural banquet at the White House, but that has generally been the extent of the politics of ice cream. That is why many of us were surprised to see ice cream, specifically Ben & Jerry's, in the news this summer when they made the announcement that they would no longer be supplying ice cream to Judea and Samaria. The next chapter of the story has just begun as two states, most recently New Jersey, have announced intentions to divest from Unilever, the parent company of Ben & Jerry's, whose corporate headquarters in Inglewood Cliffs was just down the road from where this episode was recorded. My colleagues Rabbi Ari Rakoff and Rabbi Daniel Alter were privileged to speak to Avi Zinger, the CEO of Ben & Jerry's franchise in Israel, to hear his story and to hear his update on the current situation with Ben & Jerry's in Israel. My name is Shira Kaplan and it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Religious Zionists of America Mizrahi Voices of Our Nation podcast. Avi, great to have you. Thank you for inviting me. With great pleasure. Um, Avi, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and how you became involved with Ben & Jerry's franchise in Israel? I was born in Israel. I'm second generation in Tel Aviv. After I served the five years in the army, I traveled and I ended up in New York studying business in the New York Institute of Technology. I was working in the Israeli consulate for uh, four years. Like many other Israelis, I got married and had three daughters. I was always looking to bring something back to Israel, something that doesn't exist. And uh, I love ice cream. And I used to go skiing in Vermont. Ben Jerry's was the thing in Vermont, you know, like the city to Vermont and say, wow, if I could bring uh, this ice cream to Israel, it would be fantastic. To make a very long story, I met Ben and I said, I want to go back to Israel to bring the ice cream. I said, great. And uh, one thing led to the other. I never had any experience with uh, production or ice cream, definitely. Then I, I came back to Israel with the license, which was the first time the Benjamin's not only international license, but they were just started. They didn't even start to go out of the Northeast at that time. I, I started by opening one store and another store, and then little by little, I had six stores, uh, started small manufacturing. 36 years later, I have a factory, I have a distribution, uh, 160 employees. We have a very nice uh, factory in the south. For many years, we used to, to export specialty items to managers in Europe. I'm always was a very good relationship with Ben, with Jerry, with the management, with the board. They always appreciate. The, the work that uh, we are doing here. Most of the employees here are long-time employees. I have uh, people that work here for 26, 27, 20 years from all kinds of uh, society. You know, we have Russian immigrants, we have refugees, we have Muslims uh, distributions, we have all kinds of people. 
Ben Jerry's in Israel was always, I think, one of the most favorite uh, brands. Market share-wise, we are much more than any other uh, country in the world. The ice cream is very, very popular. About uh, 10 years ago, Ben Jerry's Vermont getting a letter saying, how come you sell in Israel? They say, okay, let's see what is the problem here. And, and over the years, the pressure on them went on and on and on. Hearing your story, it's fascinating to me that aside from building a very successful company, you were the first franchisee. You set a path for Ben and Jerry's, and I think in some ways are responsible for much of their success in that sense, right? So I would think they would have tremendous, you know, hakarata tov to you for that. I don't know if they have hakarata tov. Definitely, I'm a licensee, not a franchisee. Right. Licensed. All right. I can sell franchises, I can mm-hmm. do whatever they do, I can uh, do here. So I was the first and I'm still the only one uh, in the system. Always we're very proud of what I'm doing. Right, wow. I, I know also that you know, you're know you located, your factory is in Be'er Tuvia, which for our listeners is a Moshav near Ashkelon. Um, ha- have the missiles from Gaza, have that, has that had an impact on your factory and your employees? Actually, we are in the there the, are like two level of uh, missile range. We are in the second level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, every time there's tension or something, uh, you know, that coming out of Gaza missiles, we are in the range. It means that uh, not only during the, when we walk, we have some time uh, to stop the, the production lines, we have to run to the shelter. Much more than that, it's all the employees here. 95% of the employees are, uh, live in this area. So when they come to work, uh, it's after a long night running back and forth from, uh, with the children to the shelter. They still show up at work and then uh, they have to go back to home. And, and also they have to find uh, you know, some arrangement for the kids because no schools. So we are definitely, uh, all of us here are really familiar with how to live under those uh, attacks. Amazing. So Avi, your, your story is fascinating. It's a story of great success. Um, success as a company, success for Ben & Jerry's as a franchise. And you've had great success yes. and given back, staka uh, charity to many different causes we know. Um, can you tell us a little, little bit about that? We don't call it staka. It's uh, Ben & Jerry's is very known, and uh, this is uh, one of the best companies as far as uh, their social mission. Because uh, when I say it's not Daka, the idea is not to, to give money. The idea is to be part of operation, of helping, you know. Jerot, which is near Gaza, the city was uh, for a long time uh, under major attacks. And uh, there's uh, like a whole generation there of kids that were suffering and uh, part of them didn't want to get involved in you know, society. They don't want to go to school. They didn't want to do anything. So we say, okay, let's make a, like a partnership. There. So we built wow. a shop and we had uh, some uh, local uh, organization that uh, got together those kids and we let them manage the store and run the store, teach them how to do deposit, how to hire people, how to manage. And little by little, we brought, we brought them back to normal. They wanted to go to school. So this is one example. On and on and on. Uh, this is what we do. We try to take, if it's abused children, if it's global warming, 
and to localize it here. That's great. Give a sense of who you are, the values of the company, and the irony that here you are supporting, you know, Palestinian-Israeli coexistence, and we are where we are. We would love to hear from you. Can you give us maybe a little bit of a behind-the-scenes perspective? How the decision from Unilever and Ben and Jerry's happened? How did you find out, you know, in the early days? The more Ben Jerry's got involved with all those uh, organizations, it's Black Lives Matter or any other organization, the more pressure came to own Ben and Jerry's. I mean, if you are our partner, how come you are active in Israel? People from the boat came here, so I, I wanted to show them that uh, there's no apartheid. Because at the end of the day, organization like that, they, they actually they don't want any peace, and they don't really care what will happen to the Palestinians. They have only one uh, target: is to destroy Israel. Even now, with this decision, if you go to the big supermarkets in the West Bank, most of the customers are Palestinians. Most of the employees are Palestinians. So by this decision, if, if it goes into effect, I mean, the, the, the people that will suffer most are the Palestinians because they wouldn't be able to get Ben and & Jerry's and they love Ben & Jerry's. When the pressure started to build a few years ago, I figured out I have to do something the Ben & Jerry's way. Find local suppliers to source from the West Bank, from Palestinians, ingredients, and to localize it here with the Palestinians, we develop flavors, we help them uh, to develop the ingredients. When things came to, to get finalized, the BDS picked it up and started to put pressure on them. And for them, it was like a life-changing. They, they have production, we were ready to help them. So anytime somebody is trying to do normalization with the Palestinian. It, it doesn't fit with the BDS narrative because all they want is to help uh, Israel. And uh, this time they managed to convince Ben and Jerry's to say, wait a minute, we have to do something because we cannot take it anymore. Especially after Tomer uh, Homot in Gaza. So it doesn't matter that we were under attack. Here at Ben & Jerry's, our employees were sitting for eight days non-stop at the shelters with the children. And at the same time, the pressure on Ben & Jerry was almost uh, impossible. They, they, they couldn't send emails, they couldn't put any tweet, they couldn't do anything. And they kept calling me and saying, Avi, we have to do something. Say, do you understand that we are under attack? We are sitting in shelters and, and you want me to do something? What do you mean? People don't understand right. the, the situation. You know, to, to sit there and say apartheid, apartheid, you know, you have to come here and say, we work with Palestinians. We, we have Palestinians friends. We support programs for coexistence. Yeah, I'm sure it's incredibly difficult. Um, you know, this is very important. And, and I think, you know, if there's one takeaway I want our listeners to understand from all of this, I think there's a very important message. You know, recently, not so long, a few months ago, I was talking to a number of teenagers and they were headed to Israel for their gap year. They were very upset by this decision and they haven't gotten near Ben and Jerry's out of anger over this decision. And I had to explain to them that when they land in Israel, the opposite is true. We want them to go out, buy Ben and Jerry's every day, right? Support you, support your workers especially after the courageous stand you have taken. And I think that's an important message that we in America need to continue to be spreading. Clearly, it's been a very difficult time for you. Um, can you tell us about the support you've received from people in Israel, from people in the diaspora, from the government? In the beginning, it was 
a disaster. Every person that could do anything to show that he's against managers. I'm talking about ministers, I'm talking about TV, anchor people. But once we came out and explained, wait a minute, we are here. We're using all the major ingredients that we're buying from uh, around us, from the farmers, Israeli farmers. We are in Israel. We're not anywhere else. You are fighting the, the wrong people. And because we are not uh, giving up, because we don't agree, they're taking away the license after 36 years. So it doesn't make sense. Luckily, most of the people right away realize that, wait a minute, everything is wrong here. And we have to continue to buy Benjeris. And many people... They never bought ice cream. Whenever bought danger, started to buy. But as I told you, now people are getting confused again. At the end of the day, it's something very complex. You have to decide. You want to go against managers, you support managers. So it doesn't matter that we are 36 years here and we are in the South. People always think it's American ice cream. It comes from America. And then I say, you know, forget it. Okay, so... They think we are America. There's nothing wrong with being from America. But now it's the other way around. Now I'm, I, I, I keep telling you, listen, we are local. Forget the name. So hopefully people will understand that uh, in Israel, you have to buy Benjamin's. You have to eat Benjamin's. In the US, I'm not saying boycott, I'm not saying anything. But in Israel, definitely, you have to support us and you have to buy better jury. Avi, we, we hear the message loud and clear, and we're going to spread that word to our audience um, around the world. The question we have for you now um, is, what other suggestions do you have to get the word out? How can we help support you in, doing, in getting out the message? You won't believe, after people realize, you won't believe how many people called, wrote, they want to help, they want to support, and it's from all over the world. In Israel, you know, the, the, the Knesset, the, the parliament is so divided, that sometimes they cannot agree on anything. They put together a petition against Unilever, 90 Knesset members signed on this. Same thing in the U.S., I feel. You know, it doesn't matter if you are a conservative or Haredi or whatever. Nobody wants to see it happen. What people should do to help, so number one, if you're in Israel, please support us, buy. And it's not that you're going to suffer. It's the best ice cream available here. Best flavors. Best flavors. Don't forget it. Yeah? Number two, whatever you do, to put pressure to let people understand the situation for Israel. This goes on. Next step, more and more companies will, will get the same pressure. And what will happen? They say, okay, you know what? Why should we take this pressure? Nothing happened to Unilever, nothing, nothing happened to Ben Jerry's. So maybe we should also just walk away. And it's not that I, I, I have a factory in the West Bank. I'm, I'm completely legit. I'm in Israel, I'm an Israeli company, Israeli employees. All I'm doing, as far as they're concerned, all I'm doing wrong is selling in the West Bank to Palestinians, Israelis, Jews, Arabs, whoever wants to buy the ice cream. So if I'm wrong, if they will be able to stop me, then everything in Israel is wrong. And sell anything to the Palestinians or to Israel. This is something that the government understands and they, they, they put it on as a top priority to fight it. And I hope they'll do their best. Well, Avi, you have our support and our listeners' support 
in Mizrahi of America, Mizrahi around the world. And, you know, just, just know that and we're here for you. We want to know what, what are you thinking about in terms of next steps um, should your contract expire? I don't want even to think this way. We have uh, almost a year and a half and I'm sure things will turn around. Unilever, for them, this decision uh, made you know a lot of damage to, to the name, to the stock. So right now, all I want to focus is, number one, for the business to exist and survive and to keep selling. I have 160 employees here. And to, to, to change this, uh, reverse this uh, decision. That, that's all I'm focusing. I'm not thinking a year and a half what I'm going to do, you know. I'm not there. Yeah, this is very helpful. Um, I actually have two last questions. You know, I, I hope to be in Israel actually this Pesach. You know, we booked tickets already. I can tell you one of the first things I plan on doing when I get to Ben Gurion Airport, I want to buy a pint of your iconic ice cream flavors. I haven't had any since last spring, so I, I really miss it. So I give you an upgrade. You come to the factory and you get the ice cream straight from the machine. It's so much better. This may be top secret, but I know that a few years ago, one of the fun things about Ben and Jerry's is you always come up with the most creative flavors. I know, for example, a few years ago, you came up with the Haroset flavor. I don't know if that was a big hit or not. Are there any plans in the near future for any new exciting flavors? You know, after the Haroset flavor, I got the, I had to step back. Somebody picked it up and posted it on his uh, Facebook and then... One thing led to the other. The buyers started to call Ben and Jerry's in Vermont. How come we don't have it? And they didn't know what is chaos. <laughs> we have special flavor for uh, Pesach. So I had to explain them why Pesach is different and what is chaos. And, uh, and then the buyers in Israel started to call, how come you don't supply us? Uh, anyhow, two years earlier, we did the matzah crunch. So we, we don't know. Let's see what happens, you know, in the future. Right, that's great. So exciting. Anyway, I just wanted to thank you so much. Um, we, we, it's really your story is inspirational. I know this has been a very difficult time, and we just want to encourage our listeners to continue to support. As you have said, this is a really important issue, and, and it really is an indicator of what will happen in the future. Thank you, Avi. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, to be with us to tell, share your story. We are committed to being your supporters, your partners uh, to the Mizrahi community here and around the world. And uh, we thank you so much for, uh, for spending some time to share with us today. Thank you for your time, for your support, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much for joining us in the Religious Zionists of America Mizrahi Voices of Our Nation podcast. Stay tuned for more stories centered on Jewish identity and Jewish ideas, and tell us your story at voices at rza.org. Special thanks to Avi Zinger and Daniil Alter for helping us to make this episode possible.